How is it going? And welcome, welcome, welcome to This Week in Liberpods. I am, as always, your host, Nikki P, here with five new shots of liberty for your ear holes. Five shots to let you see if maybe you don't have a new favorite podcast. So let's dig right in and get started with our first clip which is a clip from a new one for me. This is actually from the Artificially Intelligent podcast, and this was incredibly interesting. Uh, He's kind of covering the uh, second tech bubble burst that we're approaching, and there's a lot of good history in here. Uh, I really wish I had more to show you because it's just so much podcast there. But uh, you're really going to enjoy this one, so let's get into it. Tanking and down and down and down. And they're not the only ones. I mean, there's Peloton that's coming out there. WeWork canceled their IPO after slashing it multiple times. They went from something crazy like a $38, $48 billion IPO valuation to cutting that in half and then going down to, you know, just a few billion dollars and then canceling altogether as more and more issues kept on popping up with, with the company. And this, I think, is reminiscent of what we're... Uh, of the dot-com bubble in a lot of ways because you're seeing a lot of companies that are marketing themselves as tech companies, marketing themselves as having some sort of AI advantage. Uh, These unicorns have been popping up left and right and then they just get slaughtered when they go out there and go public because none of them are actually making any money. You know, Uber has lost over a billion dollars last year. Same with Lyft. Like all these companies, you go down the list, Snapchat, etc. And granted, I know not all of these have a huge AI component to them, but they're, it's all lumped into the same tech group and, and this broad category for investment purposes and others. People just say, oh, that's a technology company. So they have a website basically is what it used to mean back uh, 20 years ago. Now it's a, it's a bit different where, you know, you have to try to... Um, Pitch yourself a little bit more than that. A website's a prerequisite these days. But WeWork is, was being called a tech company when really they're just an office sharing real estate, commercial real estate type of company. Um, but they're being, because of their marketing, so they can get some higher valuations and other things, they were pushing themselves, uh, pushing that narrative to, to develop. So what's happening here is that investors have been just putting money into a lot of these companies on this blitz scaling type of idea where we can just scale and grow and investors are going to subsidize our products uh, by and make it cheap to acquire customers. And then once we acquire a sufficient number of customers, we're going to go out there and then we're, we're going to have enough, a broad enough network that we can start raising prices or what have you to be able to, to actually bring in some sort of um, cash and some sort of profit uh, to, to make up for all this lost investment. And that's fine for most companies. Uh, that's, you know, anytime you're, you're doing a startup early on, you typically, the way it works is that you are going to prove out your business model. And then once you have some sort of positive cash flow and you're showing that the model works, then you take on a lot of cash to invest it and say, hey, we can really grow this thing. And there's typically a curve two to three years while that investment and marketing uh, budgets uh, take off and start to prove out that the model is scalable and and is able to grow. And that's typically the, the cycle that you run through. Well, not so much with this latest round of tech companies where they have been going out there and losing money 
and raising a lot more money, and then they keep on losing it, and then and keep on raising more while they're always losing and not making any profits. And then when they go public, they have a business model that is continuously losing money, but they sell uh, new investors and other people in the retail investment space and uh, and to, with these uh, with the large index funds and others to pick them up. And they continue to lose money, but it supports their stock price for a little while. Uh, but eventually, what you're seeing is that it, it's just been uh, spiraling downward. And you know, long term, it's not a, it's not sustainable until they can turn a profit. They aren't going to be able to be a, a valuable uh, or viable company in the long run. And you started to see a number of these companies and analysts talking about top line growth, which is really all the money that you're taking in. So if your revenue is growing, you're talking about your top line growth. So you're able to get more customers. But if they're paying you know, $10 to be able to get uh, $8 worth of value, you're losing money. Uh, you know, Sure, you can acquire a ton of customers that way. But you can't actually grow. And so everybody was looking at, oh, well, they're growing on their top line. They'll get to costs eventually. And they've never actually proven out a lot of these business models that they're going to be valuable or viable. And some of these just aren't as conducive to scaling as, uh, you know, say a Google or a Facebook has been uh, where these network effects aren't as critical for the business model. They, they made the assumption that it was, but it really isn't, that uh, local networks or local um, markets tend to, to, tend to dominate, particularly in the case of Lyft and Uber. I mean, for example, if you live in New York... And I told you, man, they could barely contain all of that info in that little clip. And I'm going to be honest, he doesn't slow down for the rest of that show. So next up on the block, we've got Dan Reed over at the Culinary Libertarian. Talking gold, talking currency. Uh, seems a little odd considering usually he's talking about cooking, but hey, Dan, you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's get into it. Well, it, it's true. It does look and feel like a bill. It looks in, in the, I've seen, I have a $1 bill. Um, well, no, I don't. I have a $1 gold back. Um, and it, it looks like the, Bigger the denomination, the bigger the actual physical piece is, but it, it does. It feels and fits in a wallet like a bill fits in a wallet. So it's, but I understand, I understand your point about being a coin. You mentioned a minute ago, um, uh, you called it uh, not an IOU. Explain what you mean by an IOU in relationship to currency. Yeah. Um, the pieces of paper in our wallet that we're all familiar with are properly currency and not money, although we like to call them money. They're really just currency. And they started out as claim checks for money. So decades ago, uh, when you had a paper dollar bill in your wallet, you could take that piece of paper to a bank and present it to the teller and the teller would then take the piece of paper and give you a metallic coin in exchange. Similarly, similarly to the way you might go to a dry cleaner and hand the dry cleaner a claim check for your shirt, the dry cleaner would hand you a shirt and take the claim check. So the pieces of paper in your wallet were not money. Money was the coin that you got when you handed in the paper 
at the bank. So in that sense, paper money is an IOU. It's an IOU, a piece of silver or gold. That all changed finally in 1971 when then President Nixon, as they say, took us off the gold standard. Gold standard was the pieces of paper were claim checks for money. The money was gold or silver. And now we just have paper circulating and gold is all locked away in prison and it never circulates. So the pieces of paper that used to be IOUs are now IOUs that can never be cashed. They can never be turned in for what they owe us, which really is still gold or silver. Now, goldbacks are not IOUs because they are made of gold. So there's no need to go redeem them. You don't take them anywhere and turn them in for something of value. They are of value in and of themselves because they're made of gold. So there are five denominations, one, five, 10, 25, and 50. And as you said, the larger the denomination, the physically bigger they are because they have more gold in them. So the 10, has 10 times as much gold as the one, and the 50 has five times as much gold as the 10. So the bigger the denomination, the wider, the longer, and the thicker the gold back has to be. So when the, the note reads the note, the coin reads one, that doesn't mean a dollar, that means whatever the corresponding dollar value is for that specific weight of gold. And by the way, what is the weight of gold in that $1 coin? I'm going to, I'm going to use the word dollar. We're going yeah, to just have to deal with it. Everybody associates those numbers with dollars, at least in the United States. Money, money, money. That's always what it boils down to with you libertarians, isn't it? Well, economics is pretty important. Anyways, that was the Culinary Libertarian with Dan Reed. Uh, if you're into cooking, I recommend going over and stopping at his website because he actually has a lot of fun recipes and information on cooking that's pretty boss. He doesn't always talk about money. Moving along, we have the Burning Boots podcast with three degenerate young men that I am happy to be out or being degenerates and libertarians. So, without further ado, let's get in and see what they got to talk about. This one may not be for the kids. <laughs> Bye, Steve. <laughs> Bye, Steve. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> so, I guess you got some support there, Derek. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fellow oh. retard lovers, I know you're out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy shit. I'm just an advocate, man. I'm an advocate of the people. Of my people. Yeah. Your people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so speak. You're lucky that I let you say the R word. That's our word. <laughs> That's my word. I already established this. So speaking of uh, you being uh, kind of retarded <laughs> on the mailbag, <laughs> the question was, uh, did Derek shit himself on his wedding day? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, there's a... Pr- this is you're obviously not an alcoholic, so you don't understand. And I'm not either anymore. By the way, I stopped drinking. Hell yeah! 
yeah, I'm on second. I'm two about two weeks into pretending that I'm happier without booze. <laughs> so, so if this show's tanking, you know why. <laughs> so, um, but no, you're. It's just like slow, slow anal seepage all day after you've been drinking for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. like you would have, you'll go to the restroom just to wipe your ass. Yes. <laughs> like that is all you need to do. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So is that a yes? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a not yes. like okay. it's, a, it's a soft yes, but no, there's I'm, a stipulation that you have to understand here. I've actually had this question before, okay, or this this uh, this uh, discussion before with some people because uh-huh. uh, the the topic came up. Like I was talking about, um, I don't remember what was going on, but somebody told my wife and me that uh, they farted and a nugget came out. <laughs> into their underwear and they uh, called it a shark uh-huh and the Wasn't thing that is from a long cane poly or i don't wait, i don't movie? know but uh the th- the, the big question yeah. the big uh, debate then that ensued was was it actually a shark or is that just shitting your pants <laughs> <laughs> that's true yes. that's shitting your pants yeah because sharding is like actual fart and then just like speckling you that's know? what i think too just like a little little Kiss. Yeah, just like a little. You're uh, giving it a little, little, little John Pollock. Yeah, action. <laughs> yeah, like, like when you onto sneeze, a tapestry, on, like you sneezed. Yeah, it's yeah. got some oomph. It's got some force behind it. Right, a little bit of a uh, little bit of attitude, like a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a shard. <laughs> yeah, no, but if a nugget comes out. Davy is so disinterested. Yeah, he's like looking at his phone, we, uh, looking at the exit. Yeah, can we get on uh, to the rest of the mailbag? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is not true brew here, okay, guys. <laughs> so okay, we're at least three steps above that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe two. Above that? <laughs> yeah. The premise of their show is they just sit around and drink beer. That's yeah. a. It's pretty rad. <laughs> okay. More mailbag questions. Because yes. I know there were a few. There's a lot. You want to read them? <sighs> sure. Okay. Because there's a wall of text. Let me get to this fucking page here. <clears throat> this one is from Kool-Aid Man. All right. Let's see here. Is he the red Kool-Aid Man or purple? or The red one? Kool-Aid Man. Okay. The communist Kool-Aid Man. Oh, Commie shit. Kool-Aid Man. All Commie right. Kool-Aid. All right. So... That's actually a really dope ass screen name. I'm gonna steal. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Tommy Cooley. Fuck yeah. Kind of like lemonade with a with a K. That's an actual drink. You can spell Tommy with a K. No. No. Oh, well, fuck it. I could. That makes sense. Anyway, Tommy Kool Aid Club. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. So anyways, certain vaccines contain aborted fetal cells in them. Aborted fetal cells in vaccines.pdf. Okay, don't need to read that part. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Maybe the R word does belong to you. (laughs) No, but like it's just it's just regular text. The actual link is down at the bottom. Anyway, okay. Should vaccines be legal if humans were killed to create them? In some cases, there have been fetuses specifically grown to abort for vaccination research and production. They have also been linked to causing a weaker immune system, causing people to become sick more often, and going slash paying a doctor to get better, as well as autoimmune diseases, which necessitates prescriptions. Pharmaceutical companies create a reliable income, question mark. So go ahead and get... What's the question? Well, yeah, what's the so, question? With, with the aborted fetal cells in vaccines, it's pro-life and pro-vax. 
possible. I warned you. I told you. I warned you. Anyways, I think they're fun. It was a very enjoyable podcast for me to discover. Uh, moving right along, we're going to get a little bit more on the serious tip. We're going to be moving over to John Odermatt with the Felony Friday podcast over at the Lions of Liberty. This one right here is maybe a little bit much for me to take. He, It's a, a very depressing podcast to listen to, I think. But it's probably one of the most important podcasts that we, we have in the Liberty Movement because it focuses on the horrible horrible criminal justice system and it's just one awful story after another of humans being mistreated by shitty humans so let's get into it exactly so uh, how did it all go down when you did finally uh get arrested get caught well um i on like i said i got indicted in 2010 so pretty much after like selling drugs, it was like, I'm not going to sell drugs. Oh, I'll just, I'll switch and start doing fraud, which I felt, well, if I just do fraud, that's not as bad as drugs, which it was because I was hurting people, you mm-hmm. know, taking all their money and they would have to, you know, I had to think about it. Like what when somebody stole my money? Cause I've had my money taken off of a credit card and you know, so I'm like, I'm still destroying someone's life, so but I I kept doing it. So when I stopped, that's when they got me. Well, I stopped. I didn't completely stop. I called someone for to get a flight for someone, and it was a good friend, which was an informant. And she, I called someone to get her airline tickets, and that's how I got indicted. Okay. So, so the system was like you were using other people's credit cards to buy airline tickets, or yes, okay. So, when when you did get indicted, um, did you understand at that point in time what kind of time you were facing? Do you understand what kind of trouble you were in? Um, yeah, I, I did, but you know, I I knew I was in trouble, but I didn't know I was looking at seven and a half years. Because, mm-hmm. because for one, I'm like, was well, fraud. I called somebody. I mean, these phone calls. What I was thinking was, okay, they're a couple of hundred dollars, so maybe they'll charge me with what I did. But they charged me with everything someone said I did, plus what I did. So, hey, I mean, I mm-hmm. was guilty. I, I, I do admit I was guilty, and I, I will say this. I had a long run, so hey, it was time to sit down. And had I not got caught up, I probably would still be doing the same thing. So I guess God—not I guess—God did it for a reason. So once you were in prison, you're sitting in that jail cell. Um, you know, was there like one moment, or was there something that happened that that caused you to? reflect upon the way you were living, the choices you were making, and sort of uh, initiated that change? Or could you walk us through that? Yes, well, I mean, that actually happened before I got went to prison. I, it was when I was self-surrendering and I had to walk away from my children. That's when I realized how much my family needed me. And it was never about money with them. It was about they needed me. So that before I ever even got in prison, 
that was that was the main thing that it was like I'm leaving my children. I did something bad that I shouldn't have done because my family needs me. And once I got in prison, that was the same thing. Like my my family needs me. Mm-hmm. I left a 11 year old child behind. You had an 11 year old, and how old were your other kids at that time? 11, 25, and 27. Okay. And actually, my son was my co-defendant, and he's the 27-year-old. Right. And what what sentence did he end up getting? He he got two years parole. Um, they indicted him because he, the informant, she gave him $170 um, for me. And oh, really? also it was a, a yeah, she, she gave him $170 for me, and he took that. And also, they found the confirm. It was a confirmation number in his phone, so oh. he he got indicted. He's never been in trouble in his life, and I mean, he's a good kid. I mean, really, like no gun carrying, no anything. So, I mean, hey, I, I was guilty. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Is was that a felony or? I'll be honest, not the most depressing of Johns. So if you're going to start somewhere, that's a good place to start. While we're here, we may as well just move along to yet another story about cops. We're going to be looking at the, I guess, Fuck Em All podcast, uh, where they cover a lot of the law and they cover a lot of police abuse. So if you're a big fan of the cops, I'm sorry, today is not the episode for you. But let's get into it and see what they got story the rico indictment is thorough what finally brought it all to fruition is that king tried to run for mayor of the city in 2017 and he got beat and in the weeks where the new administration was taking office king the police chief and his wife richards the clerk uh, were discovered destroying city records including they deleted the water department's entire software from the computers so basically they would charge these people with fake crimes have high fines attached to it, negotiate a reduction that they would then pocket themselves. If it worked, the clerk would help destroy the records. If it didn't work, they would put him in jail. It's just, it's so fascinating. It's fascinatingly corrupt. Like if you're going to do corruption, you know, I, I understand the trying to be the best at corruption. And these folks really put some effort into their corrupt activities, but that is the police uh, chief, city clerk, and police officer in the city of White, Georgia. Uh, let's jump over to Illinois in DeKalb County. We have the first rule of Fisk. Police will continue to do dumb shit even when they are being recorded. From that story, it says, quote, An Illinois police department has opened an excessive use of force investigation after social media footage appeared to show an officer placing a man in a chokehold during an arrest. And I'm going to pause here. I'm not going to tell you what the crime is until the end. So I want you to think about what could possibly merit being choked out on the pavement. And I'm going to note, this is a bystander video where this guy was choked until he passed out. 
Story continues. The DeKalb Police Department in Northern Illinois said it was reviewing footage and witness statements in connection with the arrest of 25-year-old Elante McDowell, a black man who was placed in a chokehold and tased by white police officers last week. McDowell's girlfriend, Alyssa Retuerto, captured the August 24th arrest on video and posted it to Facebook with the caption, subquote, for you guys to decide, is this right or wrong? She can be heard pleading with the officers in the video, asking why they needed to use a taser while McDowell was pinned to the ground and in a chokehold. Subquote, he has a pulse, right? Like, you guys, can you make sure that he has a pulse? Because look at his face, she says in the recording. His face does look pretty gray. Uh, the department said officers pulled the couple over after getting a tip about a man carrying, subquote, a load of drugs, according to a statement released Tuesday. Officers said they discovered, subquote, a felony amount of cannabis from the vehicle and attempted to place McDowell in custody, but he tried to flee the scene. Now, we're going to cover a couple notes here. Uh, turns out that the city eventually released dash cam videos several days after all of this went viral. They don't show this guy attempting to flee. They show him lunge forward, but you don't know if he's trying to run or trying to go after an officer or whatever else. He gets tackled by three of them choked out and tased now if that's not overkill in itself notice how they talk about the tip that he was carrying subquote a load of drugs and the reference to a felony amount of cannabis well what you find is that they found quote between one and 3.5 ounces of marijuana now that's not a lot and i don't know if any of you have ever been to like moe's or some of these other restaurants where you can get the little containers of queso, you know, the tiniest possible container is two ounces. That's, that's not much. It's a very tiny amount. Like I've got people that I've defended who have that much just stored in a Mason jar in their room so they can smoke it as they see fit. Like that's a teeny tiny amount of weed and they didn't find anything else. So this was a bogus ass tip and they, you know, basically went overkill on this particular guy for not much of anything, to be honest. And of course, the video is worse than the story. So we're going to give you a link to it so you can see it for yourself. It's fucking ridiculous, uh, but we'll give you a link. Also in Illinois, in Eureka, we have a nine-year-old charged with murder. And this is this whole story is just bizarre. Um, so from the story, it says, quote, a nine-year-old has been charged with five counts of first-degree murder in connection with a lethal mobile home fire in April near Goodfield. The juvenile also has been charged with two counts of arson and one count of aggravated arson, Woodford County State's attorney Greg Minger said. The identity of the suspect was not revealed, given that person's age. Minger would not divulge additional details about the subject, including a possible relationship to the victim. Oh boy, there are some ridiculous, ridiculous people out there doing some awful, awful evil things. Man, maybe I should have started it out with the police stuff, because that was terrible. At any rate, we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you found something that struck your fancy today. Uh, if not, this is episode 12, and I think that means we've gone through 60 different shows so far, featuring five an episode, and we've covered a lot of ground. Crazy thing is, we still got a lot of ground to cover. There's a lot of people out there spreading the words of liberty. So, if you want to learn more, you want to help out, uh, stop by liberpods.com where you can send me recommendations for podcasts that we should feature. Uh, you can get more information about podcasts. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, go check out Liberty Podcast Ranker. Uh, 
Punkrockliberty.com. Uh, it's a fun little thing some of the guys over at uh, Punk Rock Libertarians have started up. And it's a way to rank your favorite podcasts. So it's definitely in the spirit of what we're doing here. So we won't burden you with a whole bunch more listening, but go check us out at liberpods.com and head over to podcastranker.com to rank the podcast you just learned about. It seems like a good idea. Take it easy.